Hey, what's up, folks? I'm Aaron Dodson, and you're listening to the Aaron J. Dodson Podcast. Psalm 119, verse 34, best describes this podcast. The psalmist wrote in the long ago, Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. This is the podcast where I discuss the sacred text, and I do my best to help myself and others understand it. In this episode, I'm going to be doing somewhat of a makeup, fill-in, fix-up, if you want to, of my Sunday morning sermon that I preached at the Harrisburg Church of Christ in Harrisburg, Arkansas, for the spiritual uh, revival that I I was blessed to conduct there, uh, April 16th through the 19th. And in this particular episode of my podcast, I'm going to teach and discuss, so it will be different than a sermon, the sermon that I delivered on April the 16th, 2023, entitled Essentials for Evangelism, A Healthy Church, A Healthy Leadership, Keywords, Protect Them. I was not able to record uh, the sermon that morning. I have all the other lessons recorded, but because I got going and I got preaching, I forgot to hit record. So I'm thinking that maybe someone would like to have the entire uh, record or all of the lessons in an audio format because I have all the other uh, sermons available <clears throat> except for this one. And so I'm going to, as I begin, I'm going to treat this just like a normal podcast, but discussing the material that I actually preached in that particular sermon of that particular event. The book of Titus is a book from God that details for us today, as well as it did in the first century to Titus, Essentials for Evangelism. And the essential for evangelism is this. We must be a healthy church. And to be a healthy church, we must be, or we must have a healthy leadership. If you're listening to this particular episode and you didn't listen to the first one I did in the Bible class hour, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But if you don't have time, or if you did listen but would like to have a brief review, well, I'm going to give it to you. Well, let's say you don't want a brief review. I'm going to give it to you anyway because it will be good for my mind as I do this, like I said, as somewhat of a fill-in so that I can have the entire series on my Podbean channel. Excuse me. In Titus chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, Paul discusses a healthy leadership, and he, he emphasizes the idea to choose elders wisely. Choose wisely. And in the first four uh, verses, he covers that a healthy leader must know his commitments, the commitments of a godly leader. And we looked at that in, the again, the AM Bible class of that particular event at the Harrisburg Church when we considered uh, how Paul knew his position as an evangelist, as a teacher, and a servant of God's Word. He knew his position. And his position was he is a servant. And that's so important. Great leaders are servants. But he also knew his purpose. He was writing for the sake of the elect, that is, the children of God. Truly, great leaders Love the people of God. And then the third commitment was the commitment of a healthy leader to the power of God. Particularly, the power of God is given in the message of God, verse 3, through preaching. Through preaching. 
But next, a healthy leader has a healthy character. That's Titus 1, verses 5 through 9. The character of a healthy leader. And again, these are covered in the AM Bible class. If you'll go back and listen to that, I won't repeat everything here. But he, he basically says, look, this is a man who has integrity in the home, in his heart, and in his head. And also, that leads me then to connect verse 10. Look with me for this podcast, Titus chapter 1, verse 10. Titus 1, verse 10. What you have here next is a word that's translated for. It's the Greek word gar. It's a word of explanation. God, through Paul, is connecting why the congregations on the island of Crete needed healthy leaders who knew their commitment and who had godly character. He says, verse 4, or excuse me, verse 10, for, the word could be in the English, because, because there are many insubordinate, both idle talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole households, teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. One of them, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men who turn from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure. But to those who are undefiled—excuse me—but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. They profess to know God. But in works they deny him, being abominable, disobedient, and disqualified for every good work. So in the meeting, we look together at these things, healthy leadership, Titus 1, healthy membership, chapter 2, and healthy workmanship, chapter 3. But in this particular sermon, in the AM sermon, I looked at the building on the idea that, that we are to choose elders wisely. We looked into why, why we're to do that and what those elders are to do. The reason why we're to choose them wisely is because there are, there are forces from without and within that are attacking the church. And the eldership, their work, each elder and all the elders together, their work is to protect them, protect the body of Christ, the local church. That's their job. Because the flock of God is so very important. Jesus died for the flock. And that's what makes him them his flock. He died for them, and they are in him. They heard the shepherd's voice, and they obey the shepherd's voice. Thus, they are his sheep. And in this sermon, we look together at the character of those who contradict. Key word, character. In verses 10 through 16 of Titus 1, <clears throat> I think there are 20 sins or 20 descriptions, I should say, to describe the character of those who contradicted the early church on the island of Crete. Number one, they were insubordinate. That means they were rebellious to the truth. Number two, they were idle talkers, empty boasters, verse 10. Number three, they were deceivers, pretenders of truth, verse 11. Number four, they overthrew households, verse 11. So that shows you the seriousness of their doctrine and their ideas overthrowing households. Number five, they taught false doctrine, verse 11. Number six, they were greedy for money, verse 11. 
Number seven, they are liars, evil beasts, and lazy gluttons. Verse 12, liars, rude, crude, brutal, lazy. Number 10, unsound in faith. Verse 13. Number 11, dedicated to false doctrines. Verse 14. Number 12, they, they obeyed human commandments. Verse 14. Number 13, they rejected the truth. Verse 14. Number 14, they were unclean and unbelieving. That's verse 15. Number 15, they, de they were defiled in their minds and their conscience. That's verse 15. Number 16, they only professed godliness. They didn't possess godliness. They professed it, verse 16. In reality, number 17, they denied God in their life and in their conduct, verse 16. Number 18, they were abominable. The idea is to make God sick. They were unnatural in their lusts, verse 16. And they were, number 19, disobedient to God in truth, verse 16. And finally, number 20, the last characteristic mentioned, they were disqualified for every good work. That means don't put them to work. Instead, you are to rebuke them sharply, verse 13. And I'll look at that in a moment. Now, I know individuals you may know an individual, and they can only see lawlessness within the church and in life because they themselves are lawless. And I think that's what verse 15 means. To the pure, all things are pure, but to those who are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience are defiled. The idea here is that there are individuals in and around the church who are attacking the church no matter how subtle, no matter how open, no matter how bold, and we can't be naive. Elders can't be naive to think, well, we have a peaceful church. We have a godly church. Well, you, you may have it, but that doesn't mean that Satan's not working. And so healthy leadership protects them, protects the flock, because they are aware of the character of those who contradict you see, when elders read this letter and other letters of the New Testament, they begin to learn the, the mind, the character, and the activities and the behavior of those who are hurting the church. And not only do they need to know the character of those that contradict, but they must know, number two, the charge of a healthy leader. The charge of a healthy leader. Now, tying verses 9 in with that section, Titus 1, 9, one of the qualifications of an elder is to hold fast the faithful word. That means to hold it firmly as he has been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine or healthy doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. Let's tie that in next with verse 11. Elders are to stop their mouths. Well, obviously that doesn't mean go over there and tape their mouths shut with literal duct tape. Obviously it doesn't mean punch them in the mouth. It doesn't mean shoot them. It doesn't mean attack them physically. Well, absolutely not. That would be sinful. Instead, it means to silence what they're saying by holding fast the faithful word and exhort and convict those who are contradicting. So it's through teaching and preaching and accountability. They are, verse 11, to silence, the word means. Silence. The word, the idea there is, is to bridle, to reduce. They are to silence the disobedient and unruly. Instead of accommodating them, instead of tolerating them, instead of pacifying them. Elders have to be men who will say, that can't go here. Stop. We won't put up with it. 
Elders can't be men who are worried about, quote, unquote, pushing people away. People who are living in sin and people who are rebellious, insubordinate, and are characteristic of all these characteristics that were listed here are individuals whose mouths must be quieted, silenced, and bridled. Elders are to convict and refute, and they must insist on immediate, and that's a key word, I think, immediate attention or obedience. Verse 13, it was true that Cretans, the individuals on that island that Titus was trying to evangelize, including many within the church, were liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. That testimony was true, Paul said, verse 13, therefore rebuke them sharply. If you, if you look into a word study of that, of that word and how those words are used, rebuke sharply is the idea of insisting on immediate attention or obedience. Elders are to not be men who, 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 who beat around the bush, who, who wait and wait and wait. Of course, there are to be men who love and who have patience, but they need to tell brothers and sisters this deserves immediate attention because this is between you and your God. And God demands today is the day of salvation. Don't put it off. Don't wait. You see, the more of that that would be done if a healthy elder, the charge of a healthy elder to silence the disobedient and the unruly and also to convict and, and also to insist on immediate action or obedience, that will change things. It truly will. And these elders were to not pay attention to Jewish fables and commandments of men, verse 14, and not turn from the truth. Again, verse 14. Do not give heed to those things that are not beneficial and do not turn from the truth. That's the charge of a healthy elder. Now, some of the main ideas in this section that I tried to emphasize in my sermon in the meeting was that elders have a charge, keyword, a charge from God. When we think of a charge to leaders in the church, we tend to think of 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 4, God's charge to the evangelist. But the charge for elders, uh, we learn from Acts chapter 20, verse 28, which is in the context of Paul speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus, if you'll consider Acts 20, verse 17. Notice with me, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus, that's Paul, and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said, you know from the first day that I came to Asia in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews, how I kept back nothing that was helpful but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of those things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore... I testify to you this day that I am clean or innocent of the blood of all. For I have not shunned, I have not avoided declaring to you 
the whole counsel of God. Now watch verse 28. Here's the key. Therefore, take heed. He's speaking to elders, not evangelists, not deacons, not members, members who are elders. Therefore, take heed. That means pay attention to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Here's the charge. The charge for the eldership is to pay attention to themselves. That means make sure they're in step with the Spirit's instructions and pay attention to all the flock, not just their favorite members, not just the ones that are easy to talk to, to all the flock. Elders must do this work. They must oversee. And that is primarily to do with the concerns, the spiritual concerns of individuals around them. Individuals. Souls. The flock. And that's what we've considered just in this podcast, and that's what I tried to talk about in the sermon and the spiritual revival that I conducted at the Harrisburg Church to protect them, to protect them by silencing the disobedient, not allowing that to permeate the congregation. It doesn't, happen, it doesn't take very long for it to happen. They are to, to, to convict and to refute by insisting on immediate action and change. The charge is oversee. Pay attention to yourself and to the flock. And they do this work, again, verse 11, Titus 1, 11, because there are people who are insubordinate. They're idle talkers. They're gossips. They're whispers. And their mouths must be silenced. This kind of behavior overturns. That means upsets. Subvert is the word used in Titus 1, verse 11. The idea is that to upset, to overturn households, members within the congregation. That means that souls are at stake. Elders can't be in the positions that they are in to accommodate for individuals who are insubordinate, disobedient, and causing problems and teaching error. They cannot be in their positions to tolerate or to pacify or to give them any type of platform. Instead, they're to silence and they're to not pay attention to Jewish fables and commandments of men, and they are to not turn from the truth. They are to rebuke them sharply. And here's why. Not to be ugly, not to prove they're right and everybody's wrong. Hey, hey, you're going to hell. No, this is not a game. This is not comedy. Notice verse 13, Titus 1.13. Rebuke them sharply. Why? What does the Holy Spirit say? That they may be sound, healthy, in the faith. You see, God wants the congregation to be healthy in the faith, sound in the faith, sound in teaching, sound in practice. Both are essential. Both are essential. And so these are some of the things that I discussed in the Sunday morning sermon of the spiritual revival as it was advertised. It was advertised as spiritual revival, a.k.a. gospel meeting, at the Harrisburg Church of Christ. And this particular lesson that I did that I'm uh, redoing now because I forgot to record it, uh, I did uh, April 16th, Sunday morning, the AM worship service. The rest of the lessons will be uploaded on my Podbean channel. 
And so if you're interested in continuing in this study about essentials for evangelism, you see, I truly believe that the letter of Titus is the key book. Now, the book of Acts, the rest, I'm not isolating this book from all the others, but it is a short, straightforward, uh, brief, yet very, very beneficial book to teach a local church how to be effective in evangelism. And the key, the key way to be effective in reaching the people in your home and in your life and in your community and in the community of the local church where you are is to be a healthy church. And in the Sunday morning Bible class and in the Sunday morning sermon, I did two parts, part one and part two, about how to help have a healthy church. You must have a healthy church. Leadership In the AM Bible class, I looked at choosing those men wisely in the AM sermon and the one that I have done as a makeshift in this podcast format. Uh, I covered having a healthy leadership by the leaders protecting them, protecting the flock. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast channel. I hope that this has been a blessing to you and that you'll consider looking at the other episodes as well. If you like this or you've listened to any of the others and you've enjoyed it, do me a favor and be the algorithm. Click share on whatever format you find this. If you'll look very closely on Podbean and also on Spotify, there are ways to give me a rating, give my Podbean channel a rating. I would greatly appreciate if you gave me a rating. And of course, it would hurt. It wouldn't hurt. It would help. It would help much if you're enjoying this to give me uh, the most stars, you know, five stars or whatever it is. Uh, So anyhow, thank you so much for listening and God bless and I will catch you next time.